Ilya Sorokin played an outstanding game, but you can't win with one great player and 18 passengers. We'll break down this difficult loss to the Minnesota Wild and have a full preview of Saturday's home game against the Montreal Canadiens. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you've got a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to talk to Islander fans game time or anytime, so please do reach out and Let's talk a little Islanders hockey. I am disgusted in the aftermath of this 3-1 loss to the Minnesota Wild. And why am I disgusted? Because Ilya Sorokin stood on his head, made 33 saves, many of them spectacular, in the 35 shots that he faced. The Islanders managed a grand total, drum roll please, of 20 shots on goal in this game. They got lucky. They take a 1-0 lead late in the first period on a bad bounce goal by Scott Mayfield. A a goal that, you know, was more luck than skill. And the Isles are up 1-0. And you've got your goalie playing at a very, very high level. What happens for the rest of the game? The Islanders do everything in their power to give the game back to the Minnesota Wild. And eventually, guess what? It it, it worked. Six minor penalties, including some just mind-boggling ones. Uh, 
out of the six, I think there was one bad call, and that was the interference call against Brock Nelson, who was playing the puck, got hit, and got called for interference. That was kind of ridiculous. But Scott Mayfield's delay of game penalty early in the period, holding on to that one nothing lead, and he pushes, I mean, blatantly and deliberately pushes the goal off of its moorings right in front of the referee, you, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. The Islanders' power play, absolutely pathetic. Again, a minus one. The game-tying goal, a shorthanded goal by Frederick Goudreau, who scores at the 10.55 mark of the third period to tie it, and then a minute and a half later, give or take a few seconds, Sam Steele wins it, giveaway after giveaway in their own zone. The power play was unbelievably bad in this game, and just not a good performance by the Islanders, who did not support their goalie. Because, let's face it, Ilya Sorokin deserved to win this hockey game. None of the Islanders' other 18 skaters deserved to win. And that's just not going to get it done. Islanders outshot in every period of this game. 7-4 in the first, 17-10 in the second, 12-6 in the third. 0 for 3 on the power play. The only thing that kept the Islanders in this game besides Ilya Sorokin, the penalty kill, they killed off all five power plays in this game. But you want to know the statistic that's going to tell you why the Islanders lost this game? According to the official NHL stats, giveaways. The visiting Minnesota Wild, 5. The New York Islanders, 23 giveaways. 23 giveaways in one home game. Five of them by Matthew Barzal. Four by Anthony Bavillier. And then how's this for your defense core? Scotty Mayfield, three giveaways. Alexander Romanov, three giveaways. Sebastian Ajo, three giveaways. Noah Dobson had two. The only two defensemen who didn't have giveaways, Ryan Polak, Parker Wotherspoon. You cannot win games giving up that many pucks and giving up that many chances and not getting any shots on goal yourself. One shot on goal every three minutes in this game. And the Islanders end up pulling their goalie with, what, almost two minutes left in the game? So they have a six-on-five skating advantage. The way this team was playing, if they had eight skaters out there on five, they still wouldn't have been able to put the puck in the net. And think about this. 20 shots on goal for the game, five of them for Brock Nelson. Anders Lee, no shots on goal. None. Josh Bailey, one. Zach Parise, none. 
Matthew Barzal, two. Noah Dobson, no shots on goal. Noah Dobson's supposed to be your catalyst on offense. Not getting it done. And I'll tell you something else. You take 20 shots on goal and give up 35, you're not winning too many games. Unless Mike Bossy in his prime, is taking all of those 20 shots. This team played bad fundamental hockey. And Ilya Sorokin covered it up for them. And I'll go out on a limb and say this. Right now, the New York Islanders are still above NHL 500, okay? But if you don't, if you give them just average goaltending, and from Sorokin and Varlamov, they've gotten a lot better than that. If you give this Islanders team average goaltending, 16th best goaltending in the league, they're a last place team or very close to it. This team cannot win the way it's presently constituted, not win consistently enough to be a playoff team. And no offense to Kyle Palmieri, but him coming back isn't going to be the difference between a team that's not good enough and a team that is good enough. One other area that was absolutely lacking in this game, I don't remember the last time the Islanders were this bad in the faceoff circle, and they did a little bit better in the third period to make it respectable. But Casey Sezikis only wins 5 out of 14. J.G. Pajot, 5 out of 12. Brock Nelson, 7 out of 16. These guys usually win 55, 53, 52% of their draws. At one point, the Islanders were, you know, winning about 40% of their draws, maybe even a little bit less early in the game. Fundamentally speaking, you had one guy doing his job in Ilya Sorokin, and 18 passengers. Too much weight for one player to carry, and the Islanders lose 3-1. to one. And you know what? The game wasn't as close as the final score in the final analysis. We have got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We will have a full preview of Saturday's game against the Canadiens. We will have our unsung hero and our goat of the game, and uh, our Islanders' birthday today, a goaltender who maybe played the best single game in goal in Islanders' history. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, but if you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise on taste, then I have got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And the macros are amazing. 
Just 130 calories per bar, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack 17 grams of protein out. You can go to Built.com, like we've been telling you all the time on this show, to get your Built Bars, but you can also now pick them up at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So, check out Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to Built.com or pick one up at Sam's Club or at Walmart. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus, NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Islanders return to action Saturday to take on the Montreal Canadiens. And the Habs, right now, 17-22-3, last place in the Atlantic Division, 37 points on the season, five games under NHL 500. But the Islanders, who are five games over NHL 500, cannot take this team lightly, because I'll tell you, Martin St. Louis has this team hustling. They may not be the most talented team in the league, although they do have some very good players, but they work, they hustle, and more often than not, they give an effort that their fans and their coach can be proud of. Biggest goal scorer on the team, Cole Caulfield, 23 goals, 32 points in 41 games. He's a Cy Young Award candidate. Nick Suzuki, 15 goals, 34 points. The 34 points leads the team. But look, statistically, this team isn't very good. 29th in goals scored. 28th in goals allowed. They take more penalties than any team in the NHL. Their power play right now. Last in the league, only converting 14.8%. And their penalty kill is 23rd in the league killing only 74%. Maybe, maybe the Islanders' power play can score more goals against Montreal than they give up. Or am I asking for too much? Uh, Hopefully they can do that. The goaltending duo, Jake Allen and San Montembault. Allen, a 3-5-2 goals against average, an 8-92 save percentage, and a 10-16-1 record. Montembault, 6-6-2 on the season, a 900 save percentage, and a 3-4-2 goals against average. So he is doing slightly better. Injuries, a big problem for the Habs all year long. Carey Price out all year, may not ever play again. Paul Byron on IR, Michael Matheson on IR, Sean Monaghan on IR, Caden Gooley on IR, Brandon Gallagher on IR, Jake Allen officially listed as day-to-day, so Caden Primo is now up and possibly going to play some games for Montreal. Now, the Habs are off a 4-3 win over the Nashville Predators, and it was Montembeau in goal there. So maybe Primo gets the call. Maybe Allen is back healthy, so we have to see how that plays out. But... The Canadiens right now, uh, winners of two of their last three. And 
you know, they scored five goals in a 5-4 win over the Blues at home. Four goals in their 4-3 win over the Preds. They lost in between 4-0 to Seattle. That closed out a 2-2 homestand for the Habs. Now they go on a two-game New York area road trip facing the Islanders on Saturday and then Sunday going to the Garden to take on the Rangers. The forward combinations, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Kirby Dock are the top line. Jake Evans, Evgeny Dodonov, and Joel Armia are the second line. Christian Dvorak centers the third line with Yuri Slavkovsky to his left, Josh Anderson to his right, and Jonathan Druan centers Justin Barron and Jesse Elonen on the fourth line. Joel Edmondson and David Savard are the top defensive pairing. Jordan Harris and Jonathan uh, Kovacevich, that's the second defensive pairing, and Arbor Zekac and Chris Weidman are the third pairing. We mentioned the goalies, Primo and Montembeau, so we'll see if Primo gets the start again. Always possible Allen returns. We have to see how that plays out. But right now, here is a Canadians team that the Islanders are better than that the Islanders should be able to beat. But the way this team is playing lately, can't say I am overly confident. And they have got to play better. They've got to be better. Because if not, even the Canadiens, who are a last-place team, could beat the Islanders the way the Islanders played last night at home against the Minnesota Wild. And bottom line, what we've seen from this team just isn't good enough. And look, they did do some things better. They certainly came to play from the opening face-off. That's a plus. They, They moved their feet for the first 35, 40 minutes of this game. But especially in the second half of the second period and throughout the third Just too many fundamental, sloppy, bad mistakes. And that's just not going to get it done for the New York Islanders. When you don't have... Here's the problem. And I'm going to say this straight up. When you don't have the offensive talent needed to be an elite offensive team, and the Islanders don't, okay? You need to play the Barry Trotz very disciplined, very rigid, and defense-first system almost to a T. Because you can't afford to give up more than two goals in any one game. Lane Lambert is basically finding out that having his defenseman pinch and gamble a little more isn't going to offset. There's not enough offensive talent on this roster right now to offset the goals that go in as a result of those gambles. And you got to win 2-1 to because you're not winning 6-4. This team doesn't have the talent, even if you get Palmieri and Wallstrom back in the lineup tomorrow, to play any style other than a very rigid defense-first system because as a coach... 
You have to devise a system that plays to your talent. And the Islanders haven't done that yet. Right now, Barry Trotz did that. Lane Lambert is learning the hard way that even though he wants to play a little bit more of an open style of hockey, a little bit more aggressive offensively, he doesn't have the horses to do it. And it's costing the Islanders game after game in the standings. We have got more to get to on today's show. Our Islanders birthday of the day, our our unsung hero of the game, and our goat of the game as well. We've got that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college football when it starts up again, pro and college hoops, soccer, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And hey, if you think the Islanders are looking good to beat the Canadiens at home on Saturday, check out the odds at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Hero of the game, unsung hero, and GOAT. Unsung hero is tough. And I'm not going to name an individual player. To me, the unsung hero of this game. I mean, Ilya Sorokin is the, is the hero for the Islanders. But the un, unsung hero to me is going to be the penalty kill. It, 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 it has to be. Because you killed off all five Minnesota power play attempts. And, you know, they needed that. They needed to do that to stay in this game. The power play was atrocious, but the penalty kill, I think, certainly got the job done, played well enough to win, and so the Islanders' penalty killers, whether it's uh, Pajot, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, only when they were penalty killing, mind you, they are our unsung hero of the game. As far as a GOAT of the game... Boy, there are a lot of choices. I am going to go with Scotty Mayfield, even though he scored the goal. Took two penalties, one of them which was absolutely absurd. Three giveaways, just some sloppy play in his own end. Uh, I, I like Scotty Mayfield, but just did not get the job done on this day. And the goal, as I said earlier, more the product of luck than it was of a great skill. So, unfortunately, I'm going with Scott Mayfield as the GOAT of this game. And I don't mean GOAT as in greatest of all time. I mean GOAT as in the guy who you blame for the loss. And believe me, Scott Mayfield has 17 other players out there on the ice who also deserve a share of the GOAT of the game. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And this one is uh, a good one for me. Today, Friday, is the... How did it get to be the 62nd birthday 
a former Islanders goalie, Kelly Rudy. Edmonton, Alberta native, second round pick by the Isles in 1980. Joined the team in 83-84, right when they were trying to defend their fourth cup and, and win a fifth. They made it all the way that year to the cup final, but uh, he didn't play in the playoffs that year. But if I think of Kelly Rudy, who was with the Islanders from 83-84 to 88-89, then went on to the Kings, led them to the Stanley Cup final in 93, played there till 95-96, finished up his career with two years with the Sharks before hanging it up in 97-98. But if I'm an Islanders fan, and I am, and I'm thinking about Kelly Rudy, I'm thinking about what is, in my mind, the greatest ever performance by an Islanders goaltender in the history of the franchise. 50 years, Billy Smith played some outstanding games. Chico Resch, some outstanding games. We know what Sorokin has done. The Islanders have had a number of great goalies over the years. But the Easter epic, April 18th and 19th, 1987, it was Game 7 of this series. The Patrick Division Semifinals. And this game went to four, count them, four overtimes before Pat LaFontaine ended it at 8.47 of the fourth overtime period. And in that game, the winning goalie was Kelly Rudy. He was on the ice for 128 minutes and 32 seconds. That's almost, that's two games and almost a half a period more. He faced... 75 shots and saved 73 of them as the Islanders won the game 3-2. 12 shots on goal in that game by Bobby Gould, 8 by Kevin Hatcher, 7 by Dave Christian, who was, of course, a member of the U.S. Olympic gold medal team Miracle on Ice in 1980. 75 shots, 73 saves, and the Islanders advanced into the second round of the playoffs. If you want to have a great experience, I believe you'll find this game on YouTube. If not, it is on a DVD set that's probably out of print, but the 10 greatest games in Islanders history. And it's condensed in there, but watch Kelly Rudy in that game. It was just an unbelievable performance. In the clutch, season on the line, game seven, winner go home, four overtime periods, 73 saves in one game. It was heroic, it was emotional, and it was beautiful to watch as a hockey fan. So definitely, if you can find that game, check it out. We will be back. On Monday, we'll have our key takeaways from the game Saturday against the Canadiens. I will be at that game. So uh, please, if you want to say hello while you're there, uh, send me a DM on uh, Twitter and uh, be great to say hello. We'll also preview Monday's home game against the Washington Capitals, which will be the fourth game in this five-game homestand in a busy week coming up. 
for the New York Islanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects. That's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for today's show. Want to say have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.